you know, you can hear all the intellectual arguments for the existence of Christ or the resurrection. But when you see someone crippled stand up and walk, you know that that's real. This is the Unseen Story, first-hand accounts that reveal God's love and power in the lives of his children. What God has done for our storytellers, he lives to do for you. The Unseen Story is a nonprofit that relies on financial support from listeners like you. Please visit our website, theunseenstory.org, to find out how you can partner with us today. God is trying to get our attention all the time. Why do we so easily dismiss our dreams or opportunities to love on others? He longs to partner with us to bring his kingdom near. JK shares how a dream he had planted hope in his heart in today's episode, A Seed of Faith. My name is John Cannon Shea. My friends call me JK. And um, I want to tell a story about a dream that I had while living overseas in the country of Fiji that radically changed our life. When I was growing up in a small town in Northern California, I developed a love for missions. And I ended up meeting the woman that I would marry on our second mission trip to Russia. She was um, serving as a interpreter for our group that led her to the United States. And we ended up going to the same college. So we wanted to get married right after we graduated before she had to go back to Russia. And so I started taking summer and winter classes to try to catch up to her so that we could graduate at the same time. And one of the summer classes that I took was Christian theology directed studies. And my university taught cessationist theology. And so that means that miracles don't happen anymore. And so I took my class and I came to my professor for my final oral exam. And he was asking me some questions about miracles. And I kept not getting the right answer. And finally, he had to give me the right answer. And he said what he thought was the right answer, that God really doesn't do, do miracles anymore in this time. And I said, well, that, be, that can't be true because when I was uh, 17, I went to the Navajo Indian Reservation on a mission trip. And I saw a lady on a, in a wheelchair and we prayed for her and God healed her. And she stood up and walked and pushed her wheelchair home. And he said, well, sometimes God can make exceptions. <laughs> well, I think the faith that we need to have is a faith based on what we see God doing, not some intellectual faith based on an interpretational framework of scripture. So after I graduated from college, I um, had to take over our family business due to my father's failing health. And when I would come home stressed out from work, my stress outlet was planting tropical fruit trees in our yard in San Diego. And I thought that planting a seed or a seedling is the ultimate return on investment because you plant it in the ground. And if you're careful and wise about where you plant it in the right microclimate, then it can grow and produce fruit for 30 or 50 years. And I thought, wouldn't it be neat to have a place where I could plant seeds from all over the world, you know, a place in the tropics and build my own little garden of Eden. And I started getting involved with some agricultural Christian charities. I learned a lot about micro savings and microfinance and tropical agriculture. And then on a trip to Fiji, we found out about a property that was for sale being auctioned by the Anglican church in Fiji. We visited the property 
and the residents ran out of their houses and gave us hugs and said, we've been praying for a Christian family to buy this property for the last two years, and we've been fasting for the last four days. The family was from the Solomon Islands and had settled on that property when the Anglican Church took them under their wing. Through a chain of miraculous circumstances, God managed things in a way that we were able to sell the family business and transition our new life to Fiji and work with the Solomon Islanders to build a plantation there. They became our community in Fiji, and we became like family. The first year we were in Fiji after we had set everything up, a Category 5 cyclone came and destroyed almost everything that we had built. We took a trip back to California and regrouped, and we were very discouraged, and my wife especially. And she said, look, if this is how it is, I don't want to be living there let's just sell our property and move back to America. And I said, well, we can't sell it when it's in shambles. So let's get it back in order. You know, we'll take a year and get it back in order. And then we'll decide what we're going to do, whether we're going to sell it or whether we're going to rent it out. And so we went back to take care of it. And God gave me a dream. And the dream was that my wife who was struggling with contentment had made a beautiful chalk painting of a lemon tree and a lavender bush. And I saw the lemon tree and the lavender bush moving across my field of vision in the dream. And I knew that the lemon tree represented God's blessing on our family. And I felt like Moses standing in front of the burning bush. Three young boys came up behind me and they said, wow, God has blessed your family so much we wish we could have that blessing. And I said, well, you can. And I turned and faced them and started to walk with them along the road. And I started to explain to them the truth, like uh, Jesus on the road to Emmaus. And they accepted Christ in my dream. I woke up and I told the dream to my wife. And I said, you've been struggling with contentment, but I believe that time is coming to an end because in my dream, you had creativity overflowing in art, which was not usual for her. And I believe that this dream is a promise that God is going to pour out his blessing on our family and his love and that it's going to overflow to other people. So a few months later, I went to my sister's wedding and the sound guy for my sister's wedding had just lost his house in the Paradise Fires in Paradise, California. My sister chose him as the sound guy because she wanted to bless him and help him get back on his feet after losing his house. And after the wedding at the reception, he said, I've done hundreds of weddings, but as soon as I drove on this property, I felt something different and whatever it is, I want it. And so I explained to the sound guy the gospel and I told him our story and he prayed with me to accept Christ. A few months later, my son injured his foot in parkour, and the next day it wasn't getting better. And I said, well, let's go on a bike ride and work it out, and I bet it'll feel better after the bike ride. So we went on a bike ride, and his foot was not better. And so I said, all right, well, let's sit down and let's watch this documentary that we've been wanting to watch. And it was called Christ in You, and it was about healing. And after finishing the documentary, my son, Daniel, 
just could not sit still. And he was um, fidgeting all around with excitement. And he said, that is so awesome. And I said, Daniel, what's so awesome? And he said, seeing Jesus heal people. And I said, well, Daniel, do you think that God put that in your heart for a reason? Do you think that he wants you to ask him to heal people? And he said, maybe when I'm a grown-up. And I said, well, Daniel, God doesn't have to only use grown-ups. He can use kids sometimes even more because they have more faith. And he got all excited and started fidgeting again. And I could tell he really wanted that. So I went over to him and I put my hand on his foot and I said, I'm going to pray for Jesus to heal your foot, but that he'll only do it as a sign that he wants to give you the gift of healing and that he wants to answer his promise that he gave me in the dream to make his blessing and love overflow from our family out to others. And so I prayed in Jesus' name that he would heal his foot. And he said it got warm and then was instantly healed. And he stood up and started jumping around and started crying. And he ran into the other room to see mommy and started crying and showing her. And I have it on video. And then he went into his room and cried for 10 minutes and came out. So a couple of weeks later, I told him that we were going on a run the next morning because we had been doing homeschool PE and his older brother was a great runner, but Daniel was not a good runner. He could never um, have the right form. And so I was always talking to him about his form and he would usually keep up for about a quarter mile and then we'd have to turn around and go back and pick him up. And so he ran with us for three and a half miles And after three and a half miles, I said, Daniel, how can you run for three and a half miles? You've never been able to do more than a quarter mile before. And he said, well, you told me that we were going running this morning. And so I prayed that God would make me a perfect runner. And he did. So he had two examples of faith that benefited him, his healing of his leg, and then God making him a perfect runner. And I said, well, Daniel, we prayed that God would use you to heal others, right? Are you ready when the time comes? for God to use you to heal someone else. And he said, yes, I think so. And so about a week later, we had a Fijian woman come to our house and she was about 50 years old and she had a life-threatening ovarian tumor that was the size of a basketball. And you could see it. She looked like she was pregnant. And she said she had been to the hospital and they told her that they couldn't remove it because she would bleed to death because it was so big. She asked Daniel if he would pray for her And he put his hand on her tummy and he started praying. And she said that she felt little flicks inside her tummy while he was praying. And within three days, it had shrunk down and she was dancing in church. And she said she could barely walk before that. So she was so happy to be dancing in church. And then within a couple of weeks, it had shrunk down enough to where she was able to go to the hospital and they were able to remove it. And so it was a huge miracle. And then we went to church and there was a man who had diabetes and one of his legs was twice as big as the other. And Daniel prayed for it. And a week later, it was back down to the same size and his um, symptoms of his diabetes were healed. And there've been many, many other examples of healing that have come about since then. And so when we see God doing something, that gives us a seed of faith You know, you can hear all the intellectual arguments for the existence of 
Christ or the resurrection, but when you see someone crippled stand up and walk, you know that that's real. And Jesus teaches us to pray, thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. That means that his kingdom is already in heaven and it needs to come to earth. And he doesn't teach us to pray only that salvation will come to earth. He teaches us to pray that the gospel of the kingdom will come to earth. That's the conclusion of what I feel God is doing in our family is fulfilling his promise to spread the gospel of the kingdom. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed today's story, we think you'll also like Dave's story, Radical Love, and Brandon and Chelsea's story, Going All In. They'll be linked in the show notes below. We encourage you to ask Holy Spirit what he wants to say to you through this story. We invite you to partner with us through your God-given resources of time, prayer, and finances. Without your sharing, these stories don't spread to those who need them. Without your prayers, we are limited in what we can do for the kingdom. Without your finances, these powerful stories of God's supernatural love go untold. God has called us to share his stories, and we invite you to be a part of that mission. For more information, be sure to check out our website at theunseenstory.org. Thanks so much for listening.